Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy today. I hope everybody is well during this time. It is so tumultuous and it can just be so incredibly challenging. And on top of all that, we are with our families pretty much all the time, (laughs) unless you're an essential worker and you're out there and thank you for the work that you're doing. We are on top of each other, basically, and it can be very challenging. And now more than ever, we need to choose love. We need to get in touch with ourselves, figure out what's going on, what's triggering us, how to care for ourselves better so we can have happy, joyful relationships. Here to talk about that is the wonderful Margot Shulman. She is a master level relationship, love and life coach. She guides men and women to deepen the acceptance and trust in their relationships with themselves. They then learn to gracefully expand from that solid foundation and do exponentially greater joy, passion, and love in all their close relationships. Margo, I'm so excited. Welcome to Talk Healthy Today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Margo, tell us about you and and when you first realized that, wait a second, I think choosing love is the way to go and I want to help other people get to know themselves and have healthy relationships. Hmm. Well, it's been it's been a long uh, up and down journey for sure. Um, I, a big part of the beginning for me was when I realized that my marriage was over, which happened about let's see about six years ago now. And I we were in couples therapy, and it became just very clear that that relationship couldn't continue the way it was and we have two kids together and um it got me to realize that not just that relationship but 
it, all of the relationships in my life, or most of them at least, had something going on that was not healthy. And so I started, I started doing therapy just in my, on my own and started uncovering, uh, you know, the patterns from my childhood and all that stuff that so many of us have done work to understand. And so I got to the point where I was really clear where the patterns had come from and I knew I wanted to change them. But I was, I found myself still recreating the same negative patterns. And again, not just in romantic relationships, but in relationships with coworkers, with friends, with family. Um, and I just, I knew there had to be a better way. And I started researching, I started reading books on relationships. Um, that's when I did my training to be a relationship love and sex coach myself. And I started learning that <clears throat> There are actual real tools um, that we can use, that we can put into practice in our lives to be able to really fundamentally shift how we relate to other people and how we are able to come from a place of peace and love and compassion, both for ourselves and for the other person, whoever it is, whether it's our children, spouse, mom, etc. Um, and so, of course, once I was putting those tools into place for myself and seeing amazing results, it's just, I had to share them because that's just that's just me. That's what I that's what I do. So, well, I love people like you who are taking what they've learned and making the world a better place by helping other people. That's that's why you're called a love activist. <laughs> I'm guessing part of the reason. Exactly. There's a quote by Prince who the quote is every the answer to every question in the universe is love and i think that that's i try to live by that you know um, oh that's beautiful yeah yeah now looking inside your wonderful book in part one practice presence and build acceptance i i love this get to know yourself you have learned to listen to yourself checking in with yourself advanced check-in tips let's talk a little bit about getting to know yourself and then any tools you want to share again i i always tell people don't give away too much because i want people to get the book <laughs> but enough they're like okay i i need more yeah thank you well yeah practicing presence with ourselves is it has to be the place where we start because that's that's the foundation and what I mean by that is we all, we, we have all these different parts of ourselves, right? So for instance, today I've been the part, you know, the part of me that's the mom has been in charge for part of the day. The part of me that's the coach has been in charge. The part of me that's the dancer has been in charge. Probably at some point I got irritated and my inner teenager came out, you know, Maybe I got scared or overwhelmed and my inner child took charge. So we have all these different parts mm -hmm. that take charge throughout our lives and, and can be uh, in the driver's seat, right? And when we're, not, when we're not connected to those parts, when we're ignoring them or consciously pushing them aside, they can get really out of control. Um, and again, you know, for especially right now when we're all dealing with even extra trauma than we normally do, we really want to make sure that we are familiar with all the different parts of us, who's in charge at different times so that we feel like we have a handle on 
on, on the whole situation and we can choose, okay, you know, oh, I'm feeling irritated right now. You know, my child, for instance, my child is doing something that's really frustrating me. But if I lash out, that's the part of, that's like the young teenager part of me lashing out because she's irritated. I have two kids. My nine-year-old often acts like a teenager. Um, <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, if we can take a moment, right, in, the, in that moment, take a breath and say, how do I want to respond right now? You know, give yourself that moment to say, okay, this is showing up. This is, this is who is showing up for me. How do I choose to respond? I can choose to respond from a place of love. I can choose to respond from a place of, you know, firm boundaries, right? Whatever your choice is, it's fine. But you always want to, you want to give yourself that time to make it a choice. Listening to yourself, take responsibility for yourself, realize when you're being triggered. I like this facing down resistance. Talk to us about that. Well, we all have resistance to various things. So again, the first part is recognizing where your resistance pops up. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I think I used the example in the book that I, I have no problem showing up and dancing, you know, in front of thousands of people. I have no shame. I have no, you know, discomfort with that. But I have resistance to, to sharing my writing, for instance. I get really nervous. All these stories go in my head about like, oh, they're going to think you're the stupidest person in the world. Or, you know, they're, they're not even gentle stories. They go 180 degrees to like, you're the worst writer. They're going to think you're stupid. Very dramatic. Yeah. And, but, okay, so now I know this about myself, right? And I can do, I can have a little pep talk with myself and I can, I can question those voices in my head. So, you know, for instance, if I'm, if I'm about to share an article with a friend, say my friend Marcy, right? And I hear the voices in my head, she's going to hate me, blah, blah, blah. I take a deep breath and I, and I say to those voices, okay, does Marcy love you? Yes, Marcy loves you. Okay. So if Marcy doesn't like your writing, why? Is it because she thinks you're stupid? No, right? It's either she thinks that I can do better because she loves me. She thinks I could write a different article because she loves me, right? Like, so when you, when you start inquiring into that, it always comes back to they actually love me. And if if I'm getting a negative reaction to something, then, or, or the other reason is they, she's getting triggered by something that I wrote. And once again, that's not because she hates me and show her love in that situation. And so it always comes back to being able to choose love. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause we can be so hard on ourselves. We're like our own worst critics. And I know I didn't make that up. <laughs> famous. Like, that's brilliant. No, it's, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's so important. You also talk about presence with children, which we talked a little bit about uh, presence with parents and siblings, presence with romantic partners. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, of course, extra tricky one because we bring so much baggage to those relationships. Right. Um, yeah. And again, you know, I was just, I was just talking to a client the other day who has been um, pretty much alone, right. During quarantine, she has a boyfriend. Um, 
but he's he's the only person that she that she sees right now and i can only imagine how hard that is right so much additional pressure on a relationship but even in normal times we put so much pressure and baggage onto that romantic relationship right even if we've done a lot of work on ourselves we've got all the disney movies for us mostly for us women, right? Tell how the man is supposed to behave and how we're supposed to feel in a relationship and how it's supposed to be, you know, love at first sight and, and lightning and magic all the time. And, and the movie always ends with where they're like, where they, where they say their love for each other. That's not where the story ends, right? Like that's where it starts. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you have to really put in the work and and show up and really try as hard as you can just like we were talking about presence with yourself and acknowledging all these different parts of yourself doing the same thing with your romantic partner you know recognizing that he or she may you know maybe showing up as their inner child in a moment or they may, may be getting triggered themselves in a moment and to try to always come back to compassion and non-judgment as much as you can Um, to really be able to talk, you know, and communicate from a place of honesty and truth and peace so that you can, you can come to each other, you know, with, uh, from your best selves. Now in part two, you have expand compassion and trust. Practicing presence with your pain, you've got reframing pain, overcoming shame with integrity, taking responsibility for your emotions, the courage to be vulnerable. I mean, this is just something that everybody needs, Margot. If you can pick one of those and and talk about it, because again, I just want people to get a taste of the book and then I want people to get it because it really is life-changing. Ooh, pick one. (laughs) Well, I think, again, where we are right now in our world, I've been thinking a lot about presence with pain and being able to choose, again, it comes back to choice, how you respond to difficulty and stress and pain. And it really is a choice. You know, we all, we all experience trauma in our lives. We all experience heartache and and pain and we can choose to respond with feeling you know woe is me um why is my life so hard other people's lives are easier um you know we can choose also to turn that into anger and lash out at either strangers on the internet or people close to us right we can we make all these choices, but we can also choose these opportunities to really nurture ourselves and to be there for ourselves. And one of the things I talk a lot about, I know I talked about it in the book, and I talk a lot about it with clients, is you know those stories you always hear about people who survive traumatic experiences together, right? They're they're on an island and or there I always think about the men that were in the the cave in South America and or the the mine right and they come out and they're so bonded with each other because they survived something so terrible well 
if we apply that to ourselves, right, and we can show ourselves the compassion and understanding and love that we that we need when we're experiencing traumatic experiences, we come through it with that amazing bond and trust in our relationship to ourselves. And that's, it's so powerful. Oh, it really, really is. Yeah, it is amazing when you go through something with somebody and, and practicing presence with your pain is tough. I mean, there's so many things that you can do to not feel it, right? You know, I have a book I'll have to send you. Uh, it's called Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. Not about dirty sex. I have your book. I love it. Yay. <laughs> awesome. I'll let you tell me about my book. No, no, I'm joking. This is about <laughs> you, Margo. This is about you. No, but I just wanted to say that, you know, I use sex to escape my issues and not feel pain from trauma I had growing up. And, you know, there's food, there's sex, there's gambling, there's drugs, there's alcohol, you know, this and this and the other. So what are tips to practice that presence? Well, one thing, again, that I love to encourage people to do is to think of yourself as if you were a, a young child that you love very much because, because you have that young child inside you. So how would you care for a young child who's scared? You know, you would, you would hold them. You would speak softly to them. Maybe you'd snuggle them in a blanket. You know, you'd pet their head. You'd tell them it's okay. All of these nurturing tools you can do for yourself, you know? So I've been, re I and this has been coming up a lot with clients lately because all of our nervous systems are, are freaking out right now. There's so much fear and anxiety. And so literally one thing you can do, get into bed, pull the covers over your head and just hug yourself, you know, and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're loved. I love you. You're so, and, and just, you know, it may feel silly at first, but hearing those words out loud and touching yourself in a soft, gentle way, it, it's, it will get into your nervous system and it will help calm you down and make you feel safe again. Yeah. There's so much anxiety right now. It's a really scary time. Yeah. And I, you know, some days I feel like, you know, oh, everything's fine. Other days I'm like, what the flip is going on? <laughs> and then when people aren't wearing masks, I'm like ripping my hair out. The idiocy is making me so sad and angry. You know, it's such a hard time. What helped, one thing that helps me mentally is to remember that all of us humans, or I would say 98% of us, there are some exceptions. <laughs> Starting to when you get down to it we want the same things and we're motivate, motivated by the same things we want to feel safe we want to feel loved we want to feel accepted and appreciated by people that we that we love and we want to show them that we accept and appreciate them and so because I was I was in the same place I was like why are people not wearing their masks I don't understand I don't understand and then I remembered they're, they're coming from a place of fear too, right? They're, they're afraid of losing their jobs, which when you get underneath that, afraid, you know, they're, they feel unsafe themselves. They're scared they won't have money to support their families or they're scared, you know, the government's going to turn socialist and take their house away or whatever it is. I don't know their fears, but I know that they're afraid, right? And it doesn't make it, right or not right 
you know, but it, it helps me to just have a little more understanding whether I agree with it or not, you know? Well, it's so nice because I think of myself as such a compassionate, kind person. And then I'm like, these morons, you know, like, that's not kind. I'm not trying to see where they're coming from. And I, yeah, I mean, that's another thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is our beliefs. And we all have our beliefs about different things, right? Whether it's, I, but like you said, I, I believe I am a kind person. People have beliefs, you know, about the government, about science, about this virus, about, you know, we all have our beliefs and it's very easy to get so attached to those and think that they're truth just because we believe them, whatever they are. And yeah, so it's, to me, what I wish I could like wave a magic wand and have everyone in the world stop and, and start questioning their beliefs a little bit and in order to decide which ones are actually helping me and which ones are causing destruction around me, right? Right. I think what we need now more than ever, Margo, is the expanding compassion and trust. I also think that, you know, there isn't enough of it and we're so divided and it's really hard. And I think also feeling vulnerable is hard for a lot of people. So I'm coming back to this in your part too, is the courage to be vulnerable. What does that mean to you? The courage to be vulnerable to me is a lot about being, speaking your truth and showing up as your true self. And that's why it, that's why it's scary because when you show up as your true self, if someone, someone might just not like you, right. And then you feel rejected and rejection is very, very hard for us humans to handle. Um, but it is how we grow. It is how we, we grow in our, in our love for ourselves and in our trust for ourselves. And, you know, it can be, again, it can be emotional vulnerability or physical vulnerability. Um, you know, I'm often telling my kids when they are scared to try something new, like my daughter, um, being scared to jump off, you know, jump into a swimming pool a few summers ago. And I could see in her body, you know, her whole body was vibrating with fear. And I kept saying to her, the only way you're not going to be afraid is if you do it. You have to go through it. And then your body will know, oh, we survived this. We can do it. And so that's really the same with emotional vulnerability too. You have to, you have to do it in order to be less afraid going forward. And it is hard. It is hard, but it gets less hard the more you do it, which is the cool part. Well, it's interesting too because you have in the same part too risking vulnerability. I'm gonna say that again: risking vulnerability. Dot 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 wisely. Now that's interesting. Yeah, you can't just be vulnerable at any time, right? With any person, you have to be. Uh, you have to have some discernment and some uh, wisdom about it. Um, and again, learn, learn from, learn from every experience that you have with every person. So, um, you know, you, you're making a new friend, for instance, and someone you just back in the day would have met for a cup of coffee. Right. And, and you start telling them really intimate details about your life and they tune out and they, you know, get up and, and leave or go to the bathroom or just get on their phone and they're showing you that they can't handle 
this vulnerable sharing you're doing. So you don't do that with them again, right? Like, you know, okay, this, this person is not safe to share this stuff with. Um, and you, and you, and you note that, you know, and then, you know, okay, well, this person is someone I can drink coffee with and maybe talk about movies and whatever, but it's not someone that I'm going to get emotionally vulnerable with. Right. So interesting you say that because I met a woman back in September and I really like her. We become really good friends, but we see, you know, certain things differently. And I've just, you know, I tried for a long time to convince her. And finally, my husband's like, look, you, you don't have to have the same views on everything. Why don't you just go out and you enjoy shopping? You enjoy going to lunch. You enjoy, you know, she's really in, she's like a Martha Stewart type. She loves to like reupholster stuff and go to Home Depot and build things. I don't know how to do any of that. It's kind of cool to be like, wow, like my um, Ottoman's a mess. She's like, oh, I can teach you how to reupholster that. She taught my daughter how to prime her room. You know, it's like, she's a really good person. We just see some things differently. And it took me a long time to just be like, if you are this picky, you're not going to have any. Well, that's so awesome. Yeah. Because then you're, you're practicing presence with her, right? You're really seeing her, all of her good parts. Right. And the parts that for you, not, you know, not to call them bad, but the parts that work for you. And then you get to decide like, Oh, she's got all these, you know, she teaches me things and I'm, I have, I'm, Expanding in this particular way that feels really good. Awesome. You know, I can I can commit to that and she doesn't have to be anything else. She can be just who she is. Exactly. Speaking of awesome, I want to mention our sponsor this month. They're fabulous. Uh, Unnaturally Savvy. We only take sponsors that we believe in. We know they have good quality products that are good for you. Uh, This month we are sponsored by, I hope I say this right, uh, Wakunaga of America. They're the makers of Kyolic Age Garlic Extract, Kylodophilus Probiotics, and Kyo Green Powdered Green Drink Mix. All naturally healthy solutions to support your well-being. Kyo means strength. You can learn more at www dot kyolic.com that's k-y-o-l-i-c and now more than ever not only do we need to strengthen our our emotional health we also need to strengthen our physical health so i mean i'm a garlic fanatic so i'm super i'm super excited i I, there's it's a great it's a great product let's jump back into your amazing book i just it's so important right now and always Uh, i like this part three pursue pleasure choose love you have permission to feel pleasure the possibility of pleasure pleasure and gratitude give and receive love, uh, set your expectations. I'd like to talk about that. You touched on that a little bit when you were talking about girls growing up with these fairy tales and, you know, like we expect things to be a certain way and why is it, why isn't this romantic all the time you know, or whatever? Yeah. It's so important. Um, and I, I, I love that you focused in on that part because it's really overlooked a lot, I think. And even, you know, no matter what your, conditioning is, whether it is, you know, from Disney movies or from the more kind of woo-woo, you know, soulmate world, we all have this conditioning about what relationships are supposed to look like. Um, And one of the biggest basic things is to recognize that if you, if you're in a relationship that you want to grow and learn through, there's going to be pain, there's going to be arguments, not, you know, again, I always have to say you don't have to choose pain. You don't have to choose to be in a dysfunctional relationship, but 
the way that we grow and the way that we expand and learn is through struggle a lot of times. And so to go into a romantic relationship in particular, knowing there's going to be times that I'm really annoyed with the other person, or I feel triggered by them, or I don't feel totally in love with this person. Just that alone, going into it, knowing that actually creates a lot more space for joy and pleasure in the relationship, because then you don't, when those moments come up, it doesn't trigger this whole story of, oh my God, is it over? This is wrong. Or what am I doing wrong? Or the other person doing wrong, right? It can just be, oh, this is what's happening now. Okay, we have to work through this, but it doesn't have to mean anything beyond that. I did want to talk about chapter 22, learn to speak love languages. Uh, I was talking to my husband about that and it's really interesting. So tell us about these love languages. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, so a man, I, I apologize, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, I know, I forgot to. Okay, I have his book right above me, which I will see if I can find it. Um, so he talks about that we, each person has love languages. And let's see if I remember what they are. They're uh, gift giving, um, compliments, acts of service, touch and presence was that five? i think that was okay good um and so each person has a love language that is most natural for us to feel loved and then from there that's the most natural language that we show love so for instance if you're someone who grew up and your father showed his love for you by you know, by fixing your bike and uh, buying you uh, flowers, that kind of thing, then you will probably feel most comfortable in a relationship in which your partner does things like that. It's easy when we speak different love languages with our partners to miss their cues, to miss their signs of love and how they show us love. And it's very frustrating for the partner whose cues and signs of love are being missed, right? Because they feel unappreciated. Um, and I've seen this, again, not just romantic relationships, but I found it with my own parents um, that I was missing how they showed me love for years. I kept wanting to hear words of praise from them, think, you know, thinking, oh, that's what parents are supposed to do. They're supposed to, and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, they're supposed to say they're proud of you they're supposed to say they love you all the time well that's not how my parents were raised themselves that's not how they knew how to show love you know so once I learned that in in my life I was able to really appreciate the ways that they did show me love um, and it's and then they were it made them feel more appreciated and it really just snowballed in a really good way for more love all around Oh, I like that. Yeah, my dad, every day, whenever he came home from work or every night, he'd always go, hi, gorgeous. So mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I also like touch. And mm -hmm. my husband likes, uh, what was it, acts of service. So like if I, yeah. you know, get it, I make him a nice meal or I, I remember to pick up this or that. And so it's good. But we talked about it. So I was like, look, you need to touch me more often or I need to do, you know. And he's like, well, I like this. And that's what's so important when you're able to really talk about these things. 
let's go into this in conclusion. Okay, you have self-growth exercises. This is what I love. So part one, exercises, practice presence and build acceptance. You've got a checking in tool, breaking the trigger pattern, somatic practice of connecting love to fear, write your list. I love when there's things that we can put into action. So focus on a couple of these for us. Yeah. Um, well, one, again, that I've been using a lot with people recently is the um, connecting fear to love practice. Right. I can talk through it a little bit. And again, people can um, get it in my book. Or if you want to post a link, I'm happy to share the practice with people. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So it's a it's a meditation. I have it recorded. Um, but the idea is that you close your eyes and you allow yourself to bring up a memory of when you felt completely safe and loved. And for some people that can be tricky. So if it feels tricky, you just focus on when you felt very at peace. And again, if we were doing this for real, I'd give you a little time to really feel what's happening in your body during that memory. So a lot of times people feel, you know, a warmth in their chest. They feel like their, their shoulders are relaxing. You know, you might feel your cheek smiling. And you let yourself really just be in that physical sensation of safety and love. And then from there, you can allow in a feeling or a memory of something that really triggers you. So for you, it might be, you know, watching the news or watching a particular person speak, right? So you let that come in and feel what that, what that does in your body. And you feel it, right? You feel like a tension building probably again in your chest. Maybe your shoulders are tensing. Maybe your throat starts constricting. And you play with that, recognizing and noticing how you can go back and forth between the sensations of peace and safety and love, and then the sensations of irritation, frustration, all that kind of thing. And you go back and forth and it, it allows you and it allows your nervous system really to, to recognize that you have control over what's happening in your body and you build you build that strength you know that's why it's called a practice you practice that in meditation so that in real life when you're out and about or getting triggered by something it's you're more easily able to access that feeling of safety inside no matter what's happening part two you've got expand compassion and trust presence with pain uh, showing up inner strength and wisdom. And in part three exercises, pursue pleasure, choose love. Let's talk about uh, number one, pleasure seeking practice. That sounds good to me. Yeah. So this is, this is a really fun way to, to really shift your focus uh, in your day. And it's something that so many of us, whether again, it's from cultural conditioning or just, you know, we get focused on, on the work in the day, right? We get focused on the to-do list. We get focused on um, all, all, of the, all of the things that we have to do that feel, that feel so important. And of course, they are so important. But 
what we forget is that we can choose to find joy and pleasure and fun while we're doing our to-do list, while we're doing our chores. And I talk about in the book, um, I had an aha moment about that for myself when I was doing the dishes one day uh, a few years ago. And at that time, I hated doing the dishes. I would stand there and, you know, if someone was listening into my head, what was going on in my head while I was doing the dishes, it was it was horrible. It was all of this self-criticism and judgment and woe is me, poor me, why do I have to do the dishes? Why isn't they, why don't I have a dishwasher, right? Why why don't I have a husband to help me do the dishes? Why, you know, it's just on and on and on. And I happened to be listening to a radio show um, at the time with Thich Nhat Hanh, and he talked about how doing the dishes is actually a very pleasurable uh, task, if you think about it from a different angle. You know, the warm water on your hands, you're making things clean, which has a very nice, satisfying um, ending to it, right? And all of a sudden, I mean, even talking about it, I get chills because it was such a 180 degree turn just in mindset. And something so simple could shift everything. And so if I, you know, if I can find pleasure in doing the dishes, you can really find pleasure in doing almost anything. And, and the pleasure is, it's wonderful in itself. It's also a gateway to feeling more gratitude for what you do have. So, you know, again, in the example of doing dishes, with a mindset switch, I could I could recognize I'm so grateful that I had that I have all this good food, you know, that I can serve my kids, that that I have running water, that I have nice dishes that we get to eat off of. I can be grateful for the health of my children. I can be grateful for the fact that they eat really well. You know, they eat all their vegetables and they're, you know, they eat whatever I put in front of them, all that kind of thing. And when you get out of the mindset of poor me and start focusing on pleasure, it brings in even more good stuff like gratitude and, and joy. Oh, that is lovely. And you are just so wonderful. Margo, you have to come back again. There's so much to talk about. In the meantime, tell us all where we can find you, your wonderful book, and any other work that you have that you want to share. Sure. Thank you. And I would love to come back. So my website is chooseloverevolution.com. There is a great place to start connecting with me. I have a weekly blog where I write all about mindfulness and relationships and how to come home to your inner peace and ease and joy and all that good stuff. Um, and also there you'll find online courses that I have and I'm doing a lot, I'm putting out a lot of content right now, really aimed towards supporting everyone during this time of transition and, and tumultuousness. Um, and I have information on one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching packages. Wonderful. Yeah. And you can order my book through Amazon. It's called Choose Love, A Simple Path to Healthy, Joyful Relationships. And it's also on Barnes & Noble. And you can also connect to that through my website as well, Choose Love Revolution. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on Talk Healthy today. Folks, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and family, and keep coming back. Thanks for listening.